Welcome to the sixth episode of Egg Type Boutique Connections. I'm Issa Merritt. And I'm Adria Merritt. We created this podcast in honor of Kofi. Kofi is my son. Kofi is Issa's brother. Kofi was, I'm even going to use is, as I'm learning and delving deeper into an understanding of the spiritual realm and energy. Kofi is a creative force. I'd say at this point, he is the creative force that is inspiring the direction and certainly in which that I am taking. It's given me a sense of peace and a connection to in order to honor the creativity that he encompassed in order to honor the visions that he cast. So it is important for me in order to have these conversations just as a reflective, active form to process how life is moving forward without Kofi being here with us in the physical, but knowing that he's with us in the spiritual. And even being even more committed to this as we talk about the process of just changing and evolving and growing and being more deliberate in what we do, just have the opportunity this weekend in order to really go through Kofi's space, to go through his room and to touch everything. And on his bookshelf were journals and was able to go back to 2015 in his journals where he was casting his vision and making his vision plain as a creative and what he saw for himself in terms of his goals and his voices and his visions in the fashion industry. So it's important for me as his mom who gave birth, who was the creative force who released him into this earth. Um, it was important for me, especially when seeing that, seeing it as a blueprint and as a lighthouse, just to continue on with this journey of connecting with other creatives and other entrepreneurs to create that space where their voices could resonate where their energy could resonate and it could resound across the waves for other people to be able to hear, to connect, to lift up, to encourage their visions so that they absolutely become a reality. So we thank you for joining us in these conversations. We're believing that you're sending us positive energy as we are on this journey to healing. And we also believe that you are sending positive vibes to these entrepreneurs and creatives who trust us enough to be able to chat with us, to share their visions. And we appreciate them as they are coming along with us on our healing journey. Today, we talked to India about uh, the importance of connections and we also went a little bit into spirituality and one thing I would like to talk about is the importance of origins like when I'm noticing when we're practicing all these things it's very important to look at the origins to know exactly what you're doing even doing shadow work you want to look at the origins of where uh, your problems start and that can solve a lot of things even when going into certain cultural practices, you definitely want to look at the origins. So what have origins meant in your life? Well, first of all, I want to go back to something that originated. I'm playing off the word origin. You like how I did that? Um, I want to go to something that originated in another conversation because this is the second time that you've mentioned shadow work. 
but I don't really know exactly what that entails. So can you talk a little bit more and help me understand what shadow work means when we talk about connecting it to the practices and what we're doing? So shadow work is the part of yourself that you don't necessarily uh, show or some people might call it the darker side, but it's really working on that because you don't get rid of your shadow self, even though that's what a lot of people try to do when they're repressing those emotions and characteristics and flaws of themselves that they don't like. But you really just want to work at it because you have to create that whole self. Okay, so when you're talking about shadow work, you're talking about the negative traits or the flaws that you have in your personality. That's what you mean when you talk about the shadow work? I wouldn't even say it's like the flaws are just negatives. It's just the parts of you that you don't put on. Like I'd say the parts that you didn't really like about yourself, so you repress them. Okay, you repress them. So for example, if I have an issue sometimes with self-confidence or a lack of Mm self-confidence, right? So I could say that, self-doubt is a part of my shadow because that's not something that I want to put on. Or if I'm quick to lose my temper, I could say that my temper is, it's not something that I readily show in public that I might lose my temper. So can I categorize that as a shadow work? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm the best person to ask right now because I'm still learning it too. But when I was uh, just reading today, it was one of the ways to exercise it is to write down positive traits of yourself and then write down the opposites of those that you see in yourself and also talking about uh, evaluating like every emotional reaction you have. Like if you're irritated by something that someone else does, that's probably a characteristic that you have in your shadow self. Oh, that makes sense. So we tend to not or get aggravated by other things that people do that's really a reflection of ourselves. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. So I think for me, when we talk about connections, one of the part of this journey, because again, this is all rooted in healing and just being absolute transparent because I have good days. I have bad days. Monday was a rough day, right? I have days, but I'm recognizing that everything is connected right to my thoughts. And this whole period has really caused me to be much more deliberate about where I put my mental space and how I put my mental space and to recognize that every single thing that I focus on, that I allow myself to listen to, to think about, that it's all critical because it connects to every aspect of what it is that I'm doing. Does that make sense when we talk about connections and everything being connected. So I want to go back to what you said about origins though, because you talked about um, the fact that you're digging and you're delving into the origins and I'm doing that too. And one of the things that's interesting to me is how important everything is with connected to nature. And I recently started listening to and reading a little bit about African spirituality And the whole connection as to how everything that we see in nature, everything that we see, even when you look at the cosmos and our physical body, it's all a replication, if you would, or a pattern of each other. Does that make sense? And so again, all of those spheres are connected. So I can't try to do well in my mental space if I'm not also trying to do well in my physical space in terms of what... I eat or even my physical realm in terms of getting rid of clutter to make sure I have a clear space to think. 
Does that make sense? So when we talk about our origins. Now let's get into our conversation with the Dallas-based R&B singer India, also known as Spice. What a lovely, lovely day. I'm excited that I had the opportunity on this beautiful day to speak to a beautiful singer who I am excited to hear about her journey. I'd like to introduce you to India, but India, I want you to introduce yourself um, to to everybody. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yes, my name is India, but everybody calls me Spice. Uh, That's my, you know, my stage name and everything. So um, I'm a DC uh, bred Dallas living um, singer, songwriter, and visual artist. So, talk about your name, Spice. I like that. So, how did you get that stage name? <laughs> so, so funny. Um, I feel like I, I have a short, regular name, a uh, short government name, India, and I always wanted a nickname, but I never had one really. And when I went to college, I changed my Instagram name to Spicy Indian. Um, just you know, making up a little moniker for myself. And ironically, when I when I went to Berkeley, everybody started calling me spicy because, you know, in college, you don't necessarily meet everybody uh, immediately. So a lot of people found me on Instagram. So people would call me spicy. And then slowly but surely, um, it just turned into spice. And that was the only nickname that I ever had that stuck. Like people started calling me that more than I called myself India. So it just seemed like, okay, I'm gonna go with this thing. And it kind of fit my personality, I guess. So everybody was like, yeah, spice fits you. So I just went with it. That was my next question. So I'm glad you brought it up because a lot of times nicknames obviously end up fitting someone's name, whether they grow into it or it just automatically fits. So how would you describe yourself? You say people say it fits your personality. How would you describe yourself? Well, um, I'm definitely a very honest person. Um, that's I think that that's where the uh, spice may come from when people say that that fits me because I'm definitely that person who if if uh, if you're wondering like if you should say it, I want you to say it so that we can we can get it out on on the floor. You know what I'm saying? If somebody is like feeling uncomfortable about something or they have a question or if I know that one of my friends like there's an elephant in the room, I'm the one that's willing to hop on the elephant. You know what I'm saying? And be like, okay, let's go ahead and solve this problem. Or let's like, let's go ahead and say how you're feeling so we can move past it. You know what I'm saying? Or even if it's how I'm feeling. So I think that has developed a spiciness that people (laughs) talk about, you know? Have you always been like that? Do you think you've always been upfront and honest and open with your feelings like that? And the one to get the elephant on the table? Or do you think that's something that evolved over time? I think that it evolved in certain ways for sure. Um, I think definitely as a woman, you know what I'm saying, you come into that. And, and um, sometimes you can just have that naturally. And I, I admire those that do. But I definitely had to come into my my uh, my confident voice and, you know, to be willing to speak up at all times for not just myself. You know what I'm saying? So I um, it definitely took time, though, you know, in moving through different areas uh, of, of, I think, the city, definitely like created that you know so you have you keep doing the perfect segue so you talk about a confident voice and a confident voice for young women right Mm -hmm. and you are a singer right so talk to me about how the kind of music you sing do you write music tell me about your identity as an artist so um I think it's always really important to mention that I'm not one of those people who like 
was I've been singing since two years old and, you know, I've been, you know, this is what I do. I think that that's like a super important thing because I always was like intimidated by other singers that like would be like, yeah, I've been in church singing since two. I'm not that type of person. I joined a choir when I was in fourth grade and was interested in music after that. And it kind of soared from there. Um, I sing R&B, alternative, um, definitely soul music. I also dibble dabble and rap in a little bit so um i um i definitely songwrite i've just started songwriting in the past four years but honestly i i was on a classical track because i went to um, duke ellington school of the arts in dc for vocal music and of course there you uh, are classically trained and so um <clears throat> i definitely enjoyed that i think it's really important as a singer to have that like that traditional um uh what am I looking for? Foundation, and in your in your training, um, because with that classical training, you can really do anything with your voice from that point. But I found that just opera in general for me, I didn't feel like I was able to be creative as a vocalist, and so um, it definitely made me figure out where I wanted to go next with that. And that was definitely Berkeley, where you could study contemporary music, you know. And then I left there because, you know, life and um, I figured out how to write music from that point on. Like I have to just like just sit down and just pour out my feelings. And th that started probably in 2016 heavily, you know, just trusting myself in that in that moment. And um, I've been just doing that since. So is this now what you do full time? How much time do you spend in your craft? So since I moved to Dallas, I've been um, working in songwriting and recording heavily. Honestly, for the first two years, I probably had still like a regular job, still like, you know, <clears throat> powering it out. And then um, slowly but surely joined a couple bands and uh, just kind of spread myself as a musician um, across different different areas as much as I could, whether it be background singer singing, whether it be vocal arranging, whether it be writing with artists, whether it be uh, even just uh, being a part of the creative directing process of, of, of situations. Like I would go, um, a friend of mine, she plays drums and she is a recording artist here and she would take me to some of her sessions and I slowly but surely just started meeting people and um, I was able to start recording, you know what I'm saying, down here. It's a great music community. I was lucky enough to come across a community that, you know, uh, was was willing to put me in a bunch of different positions to be able to be creative as possible. And um, I'm so grateful <laughs> for that. So how did you find that community, though? Well, honestly, um, Luna Ray, who is a drummer and producer down here, she's um, she's here. She was here for a year before I moved here, and she introduced me to um, the studio Modern Electric, which is in downtown Dallas. Um, and I started working with a guy named Jason Burt a lot, and he kind of was that <clears throat> was that so that source that kind of plugged me with everybody else that I needed to meet. And ironically, I was just put in the right rooms and put in the right spaces to get to know people. And I think that it's really important to. Um, because we're in this industry now where it's easy to find a great singer, you can get online and hash and search the hashtag amazing singer. And there it is, you know what I'm saying? So I think that it's important now to build relationships because that is what is, is, is bringing, you know, um, people to you. <clears throat> 
It's helping us find uh, opportunities, of course, as well. But that's the way that we're able to win is, is together because it's it's at a press of a button. You can find what you need, you know, so. I like that. That inspired me when you talk about just the importance of being in it together and how being it together gets you where you need to go. But I want to backtrack a little bit, India, because you grew up in D.C., and you said you went to Duke Ellington School of the Arts. So tell me, and you said that you started being, you were in a band fourth grade, right? So tell me how your path is now compared to what you envisioned your path would be. How does it compare slash contrast? There was no, there was uh, no way you could have told me that I would ever have left college. That's number one. You know, I saw myself going to Duke Ellington, doing the classical track, and then immediately going to college, you know, doing my four years at college, meeting who I need to meet to and, and collabing with who I need to collab, you know, with in order to figure out, find my sound, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then, you know, just record music from that point on and just like ride it out, right? That was my plan. <clears throat> I have enough money for that plan. And so <laughs> I had to change it up, you know, and after I left uh, Berkeley, <clears throat> I started working a regular job, you know, and, and trying to make it happen. And I think that that is honestly, it, it was what I needed because I probably would have never started writing music if it weren't for that. Um, I probably would have not trusted myself because sometimes it can be a little intimidating, like being in that art school space, um, when you're just trying to create and be imaginative because sometimes there can be a thing where it's like okay this is how it's supposed to be you know what i'm saying this is how we do things here you know and sometimes that can feel like a hindrance you're like okay so where where's my where's my creative element coming in you know and so now i mean i'm so i'm happy with how it turned out where i just I just went to school for a few a few months and then I, I left and I was working and I met so many people still there um, that have helped me and still help me to this day. Um, even Amber, who I, you know, said, uh, introduced me to everybody down here. She uh, went to Berkeley as well. So even though I was only there for a couple of months, you know what I'm saying? It's all about relationships and building those relationships. And those have carried me through to this point more than, you know, uh, spending a bunch of money. <laughs> so DC, Berkeley, Dallas. Yep. Why well, Dallas? I did go to VCU for a second in between there, but that was still a classical track. And I left after the first semester because I was, I loved the training, but I was unhappy with doing opera. So yeah, I just wanted to okay. add okay. that to the journey and then Dallas, but why Dallas? You know, Dallas is a hub. Dallas is one of those places where, first of all, I underestimated the musician community here. Everybody that's from here, I mean, it's ridiculous. The amount of people that I was already inspired by um, that were from here living here. Um, I like Eric Badu, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously. Um, and amongst other just music that are in the community that I was hip to from school, um, we're all living down here in this one space. And what I love about this community is that everybody is working together. Like I said, the togetherness is the part that I was looking for because I love my hometown. I do. I love D.C. I do. I want to say that. So <laughs> I love D.C. 
I miss it so much. However, I will say that in the artist community, it's um, a little bit um, doggy dog, you know what I'm saying? I mean, and that can be, that can intensify from community to community. But in this specific one, I felt like there, it wasn't enough space for everyone or people felt like that a little bit. And what I noticed down here is that everybody's trying to do any and everything because they just love music, you know what I'm saying? And they mm. just want to and they love community and relationships and just hanging out with the people that they love and also creating beautiful things with them. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I found that back at home. And that's one of the things that has kept me here. Very nice. So name the bands, shout out the bands that you're a part of. For sure. So Luna Ray Music is uh, the band, one of the bands that I'm a part of. She's from Kentucky, of course, Dallas based as well as uh, Sir Woman, who is led by a woman named um, Kelsey Wilson, uh, who's from Austin, and we are an Austin-based band. So we kind of travel back and forth between here and Austin a lot, um, doing stuff with Sir Woman. And then, of course, um, I am my own solo artist, who I've released some music this year, um, and that is under the moniker Spice. (laughs) And then um, uh, another friend of mine, his name is Uncle Roy, and I sing with him uh, a great deal. So besides recording in the studio, I do a lot of like recording work, background work, like with vocal arranging and stuff like that. Those are the bands that I'm with. Now, if I want to follow you, because I want to hear Spice, I want to hear your, you know, you sing, tell me how I would follow you so I could get a taste of some of that Spice. Yes, ma'am. Um, so I'm still on Instagram and every social media as Spicy Indian. We stuck to it. We never left from that. And um, you can also find me on Luna Ray Music and at Sir Woman Music. And Luna Ray is like the moon, L-U-N-A-R, and then R-A-E. So those are the three spaces you can find me at. So I'm going to close my segment by asking you a big theme that I love that you talk about is community and you talk about togetherness, and you talk about how that Dallas community has really embraced you and you're feeding off each other, right? So I love words, right? And so my final question that I want you to close, if you had to describe in three words, India, what the community does for you as an artist, right? What three words would you use to describe the importance of what community does for you as an artist? I would say three words that come to my mind immediately. I like to just go with my first mind. Drive, they drive me, they comfort me, and they also throw me. (laughs) Mm. So finish, what were you gonna say after throw? Where I need to go, they throw me where I need to be, even if if I don't wanna be thrown. I love it. So drive, comfort, and throw are the words that you hear from Spicy India, Spice, that talks about what community does for her as an artist. So please follow her on Instagram, listen for her, not just as a solo artist, but listen for her as a part of some great, great uh, bands. We are excited to see what's coming down the pike for you. And we wanna thank you so much for giving of your time today for us to hear about your journey as a creative. So Issa, I really enjoyed listening to the conversation that you had with India because it's been really interesting to watch you on this journey. And I really feel like you've been doing a lot of digging. Digging is the word that I come to, like digging for truth, digging for understanding, like really digging to understand what it is 
that's going to help center you and help kind of direct where you're going in this life. Um, one of the things that really stood out to me was the conversation that you guys had about letting go of expectations, right? So how does that factor though with setting intentions though? Cause I feel like when you're setting an intention, you are setting an expectation, but you disagree. I feel like setting an intention is like just saying what you're going to do and writing it down so that you make sure you do it. And an expectation is what you want out of it. So you can get something out of your intention, but you never know what you were going to get out of something. So you don't want to close yourself off. Okay. That makes sense. And so you're saying if if you set an expectation, it kind of limits the possibility of what could happen. Whereas if you go in and yes, you intend to maybe be um, more open-minded or you intend to let go of negativity, then if you don't set an expectation, you're open to however that manifests itself. Is is that kind of clear clarifying it in terms of what you understood from your conversation or, or the reading that you have? Yeah, because I feel like when you set an expectation, you're going in to get that done and you're so focused on getting that done. That makes sense. And if you're so focused on getting that done, you are ignoring other possibilities that could be coming along, which could be better than what you even expected. Exactly. I know we've always, I've always been a spiritual person, but I can tell you going through the process of this transformation and needing to be centered so that I can get up and make progress and see the light focusing on something bigger than me is, it's necessary. It's, it's definitely, definitely necessary. And it's definitely been exciting to be intentional about what we've been reading and what we've been doing, understanding the implications that the spiritual has on the physical. Um, because again, for me, it's definitely been a healing, healing process. So if you could think of one word that would describe what this research and what this studying and what you're learning does for you, like for me, I'm going to say it motivates me. It motivates me to keep going, right? What would be the word that is an actionable word that you could say doing a deeper dive into understanding the truth, what that does for you? I would say it excites me because even when like I find one thing, I want to dig deeper into it as you were saying, digging. I want to dig deeper into it because I love seeing like the origins of stuff because it helps my understanding and even though no interpretation is can be flat out wrong, I like to make the best interpretation possible for me to be able to grow. All right, so we're now gonna have the opportunity to hear India and Issa take a deeper dive into spirituality in the search for truth and healing. Like, what's your, do you have like a spirituality? Like, do you have like a routine that you do or like what? Not specifically, no. I'm not, um, well, I, pr- I definitely pray. But other than that, you know, sometimes um, at the full moon, I'll go out and set my intentions and stuff like that. But I'm more so just like a centered in the space type of person, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? 
Um, sometimes I'll meditate, you know, if, if, I feel, if I feel like I need to, or even if I feel like I just need to sit still. But that's pretty much the realm of my spirituality. So you just like go with the flow of how you're feeling, basically. Definitely. I'm not really tied to any idea or any specific thing. You know, I just mm-hmm. kind of think that many things are true and I go with those things. Yeah, I was just about to ask about like uh, being tied to like a certain idea, because right now I'm kind of like researching like the origins of certain practices. Like right now I'm reading books about like Hinduism and Buddhism. And then next I really want to get into like African spirituality. Like, I don't even know if I'm about to say this right, but like Obia and stuff. Uh-huh. So I'm really like, that's really interesting to me. And one thing is the interpretations of the different things I'm reading. Like a major thing in like all the things I'm reading is talking about the chakras but I've seen so many different interpretations of them. Like when I read um, a book, a lot of them talk about like those seven major chakras. But then like when I was watching videos of people that are actually like Hindu and like really practice that, they were talking about how like there's like 114 and there's like 24 major ones. And then I was seeing a video of like how you're not supposed to align them. You're supposed to destroy them. But when I like... When I read into um, the source that that video came from, that same person was saying, I guess it was just the way they interpreted it, but that same person was saying that uh, you can't get rid of, you can't destroy bad um, energies or negative thoughts because they're always going to be there. You can't like destroy or create energy, like stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. you really just have to build upon it. Mm -hmm. So the interpretations of different things are, really interesting to me especially when I look at um when you look at people trying to pre I guess preach to others Mm -hmm. about why you should be doing this it's like because there's not I don't think there's like one truth yeah like a correct thing I think they're all just different interpretations absolutely yeah I totally agree with that. And that's why I said, like, I feel like there are many truths because as you, as you said, interpret, it's all up to your own personal interpretation. So what Mm -hmm. you got out of something may be, you know, completely different than what I got out out of it, but it, what's true to you is true to you, you know what I'm saying? And what's true to somebody else is true to them. Um, But that's, that is interesting. And I feel like just overall, the simplification of these things in the society that we live in, like simplification is like this popular thing to just simplify it so that anybody can understand Hinduism or, you know, the chakras, like, let's Mm -hmm. make it easy but really you find that as you know you're finding when you're when you're studying into it more that it it goes so much deeper than just just you know a simple explanation so people don't really want to get into figuring that whole part out so they just will stick to those those one thing so that they can argue rather than just being like well maybe it's all true yeah I love what that you just said that because when I was oh my gosh I forgot the name of the book but when I was like researching and I was re and like you were talking about how like you don't have like a set routine it's just like go as you like do as you want to do it's all about whatever whatever is true to yourself because you shouldn't be really living and having a religion set just based on what other people are telling you to do and all that mm-hmm. and it's hard to do because we just grow up with our families or we grow up with tradition and, um, you know, it's easy to 
feel like what it is that you've been around works because you know if somebody grew up for example in a Jewish household and every day, you know, they practice every single thing that you're supposed to practice as a, as a Jewish person, you know, to honor, to honor God. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, not ever question anything or not even ever try to find more than one truth for yourself because you, I mean, this works. So why would I even question it? And you would be willing to argue somebody down too without yeah. even having knowledge of what they believe or their interpretation of something. Yeah. And going back to what you said, like talking about like making uh, simple explanations of like Hinduism, all that. It's interesting to see like the different perspectives of that, because I hear a lot of people also say that our version of all of that is like the westernized, colonized version of it. And of course it is. That's why you should um, research, you know, the origins. And, right. But I feel I don't know, I guess. Do I guess doing whatever works for you is good, but I also feel like you should always research the origin of whatever you're doing. Definitely. And that's with anything. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, we're looking up the, the nutritional facts in the store, but we won't, you know, we're looking up where this uh where this chicken flew from, but we're not worried about, you know, spirituality and like actually figuring out the origin of something, like really the background of it, you know. Like I said, it's it's easy to just go with something when you feel like it 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 works, and you feel like if you go against it, then something might happen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Uh huh. Puts this fear in your body. But even like, for example, the Bible, like years and years ago, thousands and thousands of years ago, you couldn't just go around and just read the Bible. Like people, there were specific people that knew what the Bible said. They were the only ones who were given this language to be able to read the Bible. And they traveled from place to place to, uh, to, to iterate it to people. Right. And over time it was taken and, and watered down and watered down and watered down and watered down in order to be spread because people wanted to do this mass you know, spread of the Bible when it was supposed to be the sacred thing that you listen to from a specific person. So God, you know, who knows what the original one said? I mean, we, and so many of us have based um, a lot of things that we do off of, uh, off of that book. Yeah. So it's and I feel like it was, just, I feel like it was easy for me to um, transition into what I'm doing now because of, my mother is Christian, but my dad, he's not like so heavy in it and neither are my brothers. So it was easy for me to just go and do without like being scared of being judged and stuff. But when you were talking about like the households, like it's crazy that like some people, since they grew up in that, they're not allowed to stray from whatever religion they grew up in or they have to hide what they want to do because like their parents will like demonize it. Ultimately, if you're trying to reach a goal of healing, or um, peace or, you know, just mental peace or whatever it is that you're trying to, if you're trying to grow a plant even, like all of these things like are good, right? These are in our mind. We know that these things are good. I I don't think anybody would say that these things are bad, right? Mm -hmm. But if we're, if we're trying to attain a positive result, then it's, it's a positive thing. We shouldn't have. And I think that that's also a control thing though. I think that if people had the, the knowledge and skills to do the things that maybe they would find in a, a, a book of, you know, herbs mixed together that could help you heal your body or whatever it is. Um, we would be surprised, you know, 
I think it would be it would be interesting, you know, to to sit those that condemn those next to the ones that you know are actually doing, yeah. you know. Yeah, the goal of open mindedness and not you know judging others, I that would bring like a huge change to the way we think about everything. Because mm-hmm. thinking that anything that you do is better than something that someone else does is just it's right. not healthy at all. And then when you have a whole section of people who don't want you to think, like they don't mm-hmm. want us to think. And that's really the thing. Like they don't want us to think. So they're going to do any and everything they can to stop us from thinking too hard about anything, whether it be simplifying something, whether it be putting a, a evil hat on something so that we never find out about it, you know what I'm saying? Find out the truth in that it's a beautiful thing that we all should, you know, tap into. I think that if it, if it weren't something that we should know, then we wouldn't have been, you know, put in the position to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are like your, do you have specific goals with your practices? Like, or is it just to bring you peace? Or do you have goals to like better yourself in certain ways? Definitely. I, I'm always looking for guidance as far as like how to um, to just to navigate, you know, navigate through life. Um, other than that, like sp- spiritually, I feel like with spirituality, like you can learn how to reach others. And that's also my thing. Like I want to be the person that I need to be for the people that I love, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, be my best self for that. So um, I definitely like when I'm praying or when I'm having a spiritual moment, like uh, I take that to like use for, for my loved ones. Cause I think that that's like a super important part of spirituality is like centering all the things that are important to you, you know, in one space, you know, mm-hmm. and just honoring those things. And I think that that's a huge part of like spirituality too, is like just being grateful and showing gratitude Definitely. for the things that you are, you know, given, you know, shoot I could be here alone but I'm not you know yeah when I was I was it's like so complicated because when I was even looking at videos it was talking about how like even practicing whatever brings you like peace and wanting to better yourself they were talking about the goal is to like rid your mind of desire but they were saying that like even wanting to better yourself is a desire. So it's like impossible. And I was like, okay, like help me along this. I think that they're trying to say like, it's not about you at the end of the day. Like, you know, it's never really about you. So Mm -hmm. like once you detach from the fact that it's about you at all, then you're really able to release, I mean, to reach that spiritual, (laughs) that spirituality, you know, that, that height, you know, of it's, all of all of these things like you know what i'm saying like everything this air next to me like everything else you know what i'm saying me my desires are probably the least important or just me whatever i want because we've been taught what we want i mean you know in general like if we've been put on this earth where all these things are here and we're looking at them okay now i want this now i want that you know if we were placed in another area or position where those things weren't available then those wouldn't be the things we wanted it would change (laughs) you know what I'm saying so we can't really attach ourselves to any one thing and I think that that's like this the real goal of spirituality for me is to be completely like detached from all like things that um that don't serve anything not that don't serve me necessarily but that don't serve anything I want to be a servant (laughs) One thing is definitely taught me 
is to like let go of expectations because like you never know where it's going to take you and like having an expectation is going to put you in like this fixed mindset but another question I have is like has it since it of course changes your mindset like has it dripped into like and affected any of like the hobbies you have and like career goals you have um hmm I would say that when I'm writing, I definitely am, I want to be more intentional about like what I say, because like you said, interpretation is, is, uh, is, an you know, I don't want to cuss, but it's, it's, it's a mother, you know what I'm saying? Interpretation, it can take somebody anywhere. So I really want people to be able to interpret what I'm saying into something that empowers them. Right. And so like, or, or just helps them navigate through to the next point. You know what I'm saying? Like, if this song helps you feel, feel your feelings and you can now move on from them, you know, whatever it is or, or move into them. Um, like all those things I'm thinking about constantly. How can I, how can I create that, uh, spirituality on paper without necessarily, um, preaching <laughs> either, you know what I'm saying? Because I want people to be able to do what they, what they want to do, you know what I'm saying? So I just try to like, keep it with my perspective and be, truthful in my perspective because when you try to hide any part of it is when I feel like your message is uh, skewed you know what I'm saying when you try to be dishonest mm-hmm. when you try to be something that you're not um and communicate that you know mm-hmm. I feel like that's definitely it definitely has affected what I wanted to do because like I kind of I kind of get scatterbrained sometimes mm-hmm. and so like like first I wanted like well doing this since it's one of my interests it made me kind of want to go in like I thought about going into psychology but then Mm. I remember I took a psychology class before and I hated it because you know I had an expectation for it that it was going to be like analyzing people's minds and really it was just like studying the theorists and stuff and it was like all right that's cool but like that's not what I wanted Mm. you know so now I'm kind of like I feel like more my go- my goal is more so to create what I want, you know. Like if I don't yeah. have it, if someone else can't provide it, just do it yourself. Yeah, DIY. Mm-hmm. I feel like this has definitely been a year where everyone has figured out how to do, or is on the way to is figuring out how to do things for themselves. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Everybody that I'm around, or you know, for the most part, it has been talking about like doing things themselves and I think that we were just put in a position to really be with ourselves this year and like face ourselves and know what it is that we do want and know what it is that we don't need and do need because shoot you're in the house you can't leave so you really build a knowledge of what is important and what's not Mm-hmm. And um, we've realized definitely in this time that, of course, community is important because we definitely miss our love, loved ones and want to be around them and hug them, whatever. But also we've learned, hey, I'm making no money or I'm not I don't have no job or I don't I'm not doing anything. How can how can I attain my goals on my own? Mm-hmm. So many people have started businesses. So many people have taken that leap and moved across the country, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think it's it's beautiful that everybody's just taking those jumps now, you know, and I think that it comes within it, it being centered within yourself and people might not realize, but that's a moment of spiritual spirituality too, you know, it might not have been completely intentional, like I'm going to 
<laughs> be spiritual in this moment. But finding yourself is is spiritual to me. Yeah. One major thing that I'm working through from my readings is a major thing that I've read and that was repeated is don't do what is not good for you. So, but my thing was like, how do you draw the line between like something not being good for you and you're just being uncomfortable doing something, but you need to do it. So it's like, how do you draw the line between that? And that's something that I'm definitely working, working through. Cause I don't want to use like being uncomfortable doing something as an excuse to not doing it because I'm like, oh, don't do it if you don't need it. Don't do it if you don't want to do it. So right. it's like, that's definitely something I'm working through. I think we all know what's going to really serve us. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's, it's all about just listening to that voice. Like, you know, whether or not, you know, what you need to do is, is going to help you complete the task or not, you know what I'm saying? Or reach the mm-hmm. goal or not. And sometimes we like to ignore that voice, but you know, we know which one is the correct one. You know, we just yeah. got to, you know, you just got to go with it. And sometimes that uncomfort is, is, is weird at first, but I feel like it don't ever last long when you, when you really make the right choice that you know, that you, that, that back of your mind voice, that's like, girl, you know, you should be doing this. I don't know why you faking like, <laughs> right. And then we, we do that thing and then we, we get into it quick and it's like, oh yeah, I heard you like, okay, okay. Quiet down. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so, you know, we all know it's all about just listening. Yeah. That's mainly what I wanted to talk about with you. Thank you. That was like a great conversation. So. Yeah, Have a nice day. Thank you for coming.